Hey everyone, it is Tom Karadza, and on this episode of the show, we have Kelly Hawks. She is the VP of Legal Services at Veranova. Great lady, always have a blast talking to her because she just deals with a ton of shit at all times. Um, on this episode, we t- we chat about the Ontario Standard Lease Agreement. We chat about cannabis and what's going on with investors and landlords, and then ca- you cannabis cannabis regulation. Can't even say it. Cannabis cannabis regulations. Cannabis, uh, the cannabis regulations. Um, and we chat about Airbnb and the tenant board and does the tenant board have it in the Ontario Tenancy Act? Does it have any jurisdiction over Airbnb rentals and more? We get into all different things that she sees. She's basically a straight up expert when it comes to dealing with the landlord tenant board. We are so fortunate. She teaches a class in here for Rockstar Inner Circle members. So a few times a year, she teaches a class on what landlords and investors should know, know about dealing with the tenant board and about the Ontario Tenancy Act. So an absolute great resource. Source. ton of information jam-packed into this. We talk about some default rates and some some pri- subprime lending that is happening in Canada that I was not aware of. So wait till you hear this stuff. And listen, before we get started with this, if you are not registered for the next Your Life, Your Terms event, you should do so now. And if you're not aware of what this is, this is something we run three times a year. It's for Rockstar Inner Circle members exclusively. But in the last couple of years, we've opened up a few spots to people who are not members if they want to attend. So if you're not a member, you have to pay to attend. You can find out the details of this at yourlifeyourtermsevent.com. So if you want to find out what's going on, you go to yourlifeyourtermsevent.com. I'm going to give you a quick summary right now. The big thing that we're talking about is there's top five mega trends that we're seeing that are affecting properties and business and your income and your career here in Canada. It's affecting the middle class. We're going to be sharing these trends. It's happening right in front of our faces and very few people are talking about this stuff. So we're going to be discussing that and how it all impacts our lives and our children's lives. We also are bringing out a special guest speaker, Giovanni Marsico. I'm sure I'm butchering his last name, but he is the brains behind the Archangel Summit in Toronto. He's the person who started it and runs it. Many of you will know that as a great summit that's run in September each year where he brings out guest speakers from all over North America and the world to talk. That has taken off like fire. He was in real estate changed his career and is doing this. Wait till you hear his story. We're doing the Rockstar Economic Update. So we have a lot to talk about there specifically on what's happening with interest rates and what's going on and some of the biggest demographic trends that are really coming to fruition and affecting us here in Canada right now. We're going to be talking about all of that at the Rockstar Economic Update. Then we also have a local real estate market. So on the streets, what we're seeing, and this is crazy what we're seeing with some of the development changes going on in Ontario, some of the transportation changes, some of the rent stuff, the changes that we're seeing is staggering. Like, I cannot believe what we're seeing in rent on some areas and some of the impacts that this is having on some of the social services and where the opportunity lies for investors in this area. So that's a really important talk. That's our local market update. And then we're going to have a chat about some investors who are becoming real estate developers themselves. So as the Golden Horseshoe gets developed, there's a lot of little infill projects that are available for all of us. Most people think that's well beyond their capabilities. We have two awesome investors, Charles Waugh and Andy Tran, who are going to come up and share how they're doing a development. We're also going to get a second suites update from Andy Tran. So Andy Tran, if you're not familiar, does a lot of work with second suites in Ontario. He's going to see uh, give us an update on what he's seeing. And then we're going to, there's more talks. I'm going to end it at this one though, um, on how to transfer your, transfer your wealth from one generation to the next. A lot of people will ask us, hey, I'm buying all these properties and I'm building all this stuff up. How do I transfer it? 
it over to my kids or grandchildren in the most tax efficient way possible. We are going to be discussing exactly that. We're bringing our out our accountant with this mission to share this information. So we actually have more jammed into this, but uh, that gives you an idea. If you're a Rockstar member, you can just reach out to the office to register. If you're not, you can go to yourlifeyourtermsevent.com. It's Saturday, February 2nd from about 8.30 to 1.30 is the runtime. We jam a ton of stuff in there. We're pumped to do this kind of thing. It happens a few, only a few times a year, so we're getting excited for this one. It's coming up. It's only a few weeks away. I think that's enough of that. Let's get on with the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay, so we were just saying that Kelly is a brave person um, because of the, it wasn't for the line of work that you're in, but you're also a brave person because of the line of work that you're in because you deal with all kinds of different shit on an ongoing basis and you seem to handle it with stride. I don't, it doesn't look like you've lost your mind yet or anything. I don't think I've lost my mind yet, but um, there's been moments where I've questioned what I'm doing, but I just keep going. It's, it's, every day is different. And um, I definitely have learned with this job that I need challenges to um, keep the momentum going. And, and this presents many opportunities for that, for sure. So when we announced to everyone, uh, I think Nick and I both, uh, we've both reached out to you over the years uh, for different stuff. But anyway, we w- reached out to the team. We said, hey, Kelly's coming in. Does anyone have a question? And the questions that came back are all, uh, number one is cannabis. Everything to do with cannabis. Ask Kelly what's going on with cannabis. Yeah. Es- especially what's going on with those awful commercials that they run on TV. Where the guy, <laughs> Nick, you know the line where the guy says, what does he say on well, TV? It, it was like three reasons of why they did. Why is the Ontario government selling weed now? And it's like, number one is uh, was to like ensure you're getting quality product. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like that was a problem before. It was because yeah. the mold. Did you hear about that? No. Yeah. They had one. Well, now we're. This is the oh, Ontario store was selling mold. Uh, they had one supplier that all of their stock was full of mold and they had sent it out and they had to refund and they had to like go no through way. and they're right now they're trying to figure out. <clears throat> excuse me, how they can increase the quality control on what's going out. So basically, the what, local street dealer had better quality yeah. well, that, than that, the Ontario. And that's yeah. what it is, because if you, if that was the, so if you look, call the local street dealer the private sector, it was way more efficient, because that yeah. product like would have never this, made it to market, right? Honestly. It is the private sector, yeah. but street dealer just sounds so much better. Yeah, yeah. But, but you're right, you're right. The private sector was able to produce right. that without mold. Now, yeah, and the, then they did some survey, and they were asking people who were in the lineups for the store, right? Are you not going to be shopping from your regular source? And they're like, nah, we do both. <laughs> so it hasn't really like it hasn't done everything they want it no, to do yet. But they're getting some taxes now, so they're happy. Well, they're they're learning how to become drug dealers, right? And they they're way behind. Our, well, gov- I think yeah, our one- government that's the thing. Do you think our government's gonna be able to compete with some kind of street savvy drug dealer? Well, dude? there's two things that it's done. It's given it's given the federal government tax revenue or all the government's tax revenue. So that's number one. And Trudeau for the election, it's this year, right? No, is it this is next it, year? I think it's no, next. It's this year? Is it this year? I have no idea. But for the next election, now he gets to say, hey, look, 
I legalized cannabis. I said I was going to. You guys should vote for yeah. me again. That's. I mean, look, that's the real reason that. Yeah. Those are the reasons. Everything else is like a. It's a bunch of bullshit, to be honest. It's now that I'm reading else. up on the oil and gas industry, because uh, Pierre Paul was on here. He's from Alberta. He's telling us all the disaster that's going on in yeah. the oil and gas industry out there. Yeah. We were actually just Kelly and I, Nick, just before you sat down, we were looking at mortgage default rates in Alberta and Saskatchewan, which yeah. is like a sad thing to do. Yeah. But they're higher than Ontario. In Ontario, we just saw that it's 0.09, which is super low, and it's about four or five times that's like 0.45 in I think it was Alberta so Alberta just has a lot more yeah. situations so they can make the weed stuff happen mm-hmm. legalize it but they can't fix the oil and gas crisis going on but anyway I'm getting yeah. off, I'm yeah. getting off track I'm well, getting off track well, it's not it. just the mortgage that's defaulting either because uh, my department we um, I also service um, large creditors uh, across Canada so credit cards and things like that we're getting a huge volume on defaults of those things so from that area of the country yeah yeah that sucks yeah, yeah sorry guys yeah no i mean it's reality i mean it is it's normal. it'll come back up it it'll, will. it'll swing but they get hit with stuff like we'll see that in oshawa yeah yeah because yeah. i That's you know total... whenever there's anything huge a big shutdown you know on the the auto side there's a lot of defaults on a lot of yeah, things and yeah. we'll yeah. see that happen soon and they're saying 2200 2200 jobs but that's just the direct jobs in the was planets. it 2200 or 35 i forget oh i thought it was 20 well, okay it was, it was in that range yeah, yeah okay yeah. okay I'm but, off. but 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 then there's but there's all the offshoot so maybe that's including all the offshoot right because because yeah. when there's the plant there's all the supporting industry oh, the restaurants around, it. around there that are making money the cleaning company that goes yeah, into the course. Plant. There's yeah. all this stuff right so on my line of business what we're seeing is a huge increase in like the private lending um, and the subprime lending on the vehicle side of things because there's defaults on all of those so people right? are prime on vehicles so people are stepping oh yeah it's in. huge I have a uh, you know that's that's one of the biggest parts of my department as well is subprime lending on vehicles we do all the tracing and the um like locating those the people that have defaulted um so they can go repo the vehicle they already know where the vehicle is so when we get it they're trying to get a judgment for the default on the loan um in in all cases the car has already been repoed and sold and they need to locate these people so that we can serve them with a claim and try to Try to get some money back Who, on the who's loan. Who's the main source of subprime auto lending in Canada? Is that dealers there's a themselves? lot of them. Uh, there's there's a lot of smaller ones um, that we deal with that are private. Um, right now, we have a couple of the larger ones, but they're they're all out there, and it's huge now. Subprime lending on the vehicle side, and um, it's easy. It's easy to get a car. Like you walk in, you want a car. Um, they do your application, and it shoots out to fifty lenders and you have to be quick like that line of business it's pretty tough but on the default side you have to really build in part of your um you know loan loss provisions because i think it's something like 15 percent of what they lend is default 15 percent. so we're just talking about mortgages in canada or in ontario 0.09 are in default cars 15 percent wow on like an individual lending, like a company that lends out. Got it. Okay, so not all amount, cars. Sorry, a company 15, that does yeah. that type of lending is fifteen percent. Okay, yeah. that's, that's their a, that's their expectation. That's what that's the yeah. numbers they 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 go. That's by why right you, the interest yeah. rate must be super high because they're just. Oh my don't. gosh, it's it's high. Is it? Yeah. Do you know what it is? It's up? sometimes somewhere between, uh, depending on the company and the contract, twenty nine point nine or thirty nine. Oh my! It's yeah. a Visa card. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so a it's car worse. that's like thirteen yeah. grand, the total, the total cost of borrowing is like thirty. Oh my! For a thirteen thousand dollar vehicle, yeah, it's crazy. 
But you get but the car, and if you need the, the car, you need the is, car. I know. Yeah. Sounds, you just, I just but don't like to hear that. No, no, I know. I'm I. sorry, yeah. guys. It's just my line of business. Yeah, but no. the good thing is, is that when they sue, they can only sue for the principal amount of the loan. So they're not suing for 30. Um, they're suing for the 13. Yeah, so hold on. So even th- that's interesting. So even if I if I have one of those loans and I stop making my payment for whatever, six months, they finally repo the car. I only owe, even for that six months that I still drove the car, I only owe for the principal amount of it? Yeah. Well, there will be a small portion of the cost of borrowing built in, yeah. but it will only be for the time um, up until they repo the vehicle because they can't charge you for the full amount you. for okay. the cost yeah, of the would, amount of it the would contract be like yeah. because it yeah, would be a you. bank if they foreclose or did power of sale and yeah. you're trying to take into account the amortization yeah. table yeah. Yeah. and yeah, say you don't sense. owe yeah. us a million dollars for your property you owe us yeah. two million dollars because of the amortization we're losing yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what that's I mean never say never right the banks they'll find a way to charge oh, yeah, you no, yeah. yeah well that's true. what's happening the banks are actually getting into the subprime lending market now really yeah they need growth, man. Yeah. Kelly, they you're just. Growth. I thought we were gonna. I thought cannabis was gonna be the crazy shit we were gonna talk about. <laughs> so uh, you see that more and more. Yeah, it's it's on the rise, big time. Yep. Yeah. Primary banks here in Canada. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, entering into the subprime lending market for sure. Yeah. Yeah, because they see yeah. money. Whenever. No, no I get it. Money, I get it. Yeah, they, they need mortgages. The well, the and let's the, be honest, the trend for that type of thing is is not that market's not going to shrink. It's, no. it's going to, I mean, you know, you talk about the structure of the, we, we both talked about yeah. the structure of the class yeah. for so much. It's going to grow. Yeah. What I see too is that there's a lot of young people going into the subprime market and that's really oh, hard to a call hard it. way to start out. Yeah. yeah. It's um, hard to dig you yourself know, out of that hole. I don't hole. know about, about you guys, but we saved money. If we wanted to buy a car, you worked your butt off and you saved, saved. the money and you bought like a $2,000 car or something like that. Drove it till it fell apart, right? You didn't go out and get a loan. Yeah. With an interest of somewhere between twenty nine and thirty nine percent. This lending thing, I think I brought it up at the, at the last uh, member event that we had. What uh, do you remember when like debt started becoming something? I think it was like the early was it early eighties? Was it mid eighties? Well, it still when, it was really started taking off still, in the early nineteen seventies. But know. then it, it, then you really see the separation. Begin it started growing, but yeah, where, where the where the jumping growth yeah. started happening was in the eighties. There, yeah, and, I was worried about my hair in the eighties. Not really that. I was yeah. like, I, I don't know what was going but, on but, in the eighties. We're not worried about our hair because uh, we're how old was I? I hair. think yeah. I was yeah. ten. Yeah, yeah, you're young. So young, you're. That was a different era. Yeah. <laughs> but before that, no one, to your point, everyone saved for things. Yeah, and they then, did. You know, yeah, it we was did. only then that this whole borrowing mm-hmm. to buy stuff and lines of credits and all this debt so really easy. started exploding. Yeah. And that's what changed everything. And that's when, you know, all these, you know, these high, higher interest loans and the, the yeah. B lending, the private lending, yeah. all this stuff came into play. And, uh, you know, no one's taught how to handle it. There's people out there that loan money for like just life events like I had someone approach me to see if I would do some work for them on trying to locate people who they've loaned money for for like weddings um events like big family things or trips like people out there will loan money to people at a really high interest rate for it makes anything sense. and on the car front it's a it's a you know what's interesting now that I think of it I see less beat down cars on the road than like when I was growing up I remember seeing a lot of people with beat down cars because there was less access to yeah. credit and I remember all my friends when we first started driving everybody had like the beat down yeah. Volkswagen rabbit yeah. I'm, my buddy 
Dan, who if he's listening to this, he'll remember this because he still owes me for this. this. He his car was so beaten down. We were driving up north in it, mm-hmm. and it broke. First of all, it started raining, and his windshield wipers didn't work. So we literally reached out of the car and tried to grab the windshield wipers and put them back and forth. Think of how safe this is, <laughs> so that we could see out the window as he's driving through the passenger side. That oh I'm my re- gosh. but uh, but uh, his car breaks down and oil spills out of the engine oh, through no. the floorboards where I'm sitting onto my toe. Because I'm wearing sandals and oh, burned no. hot engine oil on my burning my toe. I'm like, dude, you still owe me for burning yeah. my toe as a kid. But uh, I re- but but no one's driving those really beat down cars. No, anymore. that's how we all started driving. Yeah, right? yeah. You can even get loans for car repairs. Jeez. Yeah. Okay. I so, just know yeah. how hard it is. Once you dig yourself, yeah, we can get off this topic. But, yeah, but, sure. But we once can. you I'm dig sh- yourself that hole in that that interest rate, mm-hmm. it is so hard to it get is. out of it. Well, it's it's start, those rates. It's to start life crazy. with yeah. that much debt. I mean, that's like trying to make your minimum payment on a Visa card that has like ten thousand bucks on it, and yeah. trying to crawl yeah. out of that. Yeah, the but debt's if, not ten to thirteen grand is not the end of the world, but at, at thirty, at thirty or forty percent interest, yeah. no, it, it's crazy. But if you sort of like look into a crystal ball, if you think that if there's a large amount of young people entering into those kinds of loans at this age, how are they ever going to be able to purchase a house? So I think we're going to see a huge increase in you know ten. 10, 15 years on the number of renters that there are in Canada. I feel like, right applaud- now there's I feel like applauding right now, not because I like what you just said, because we agree with what yeah. you just said 100%. Yeah. Yeah. This there's- is happening in front of our eyes and yeah. no one's talking about it. Yeah. There's- I mean, we're talking about it. Kelly's talking about it, but you know what I mean? Yeah. No, if you think about it, how are that? Because it's hard enough to save for a house. Um, but when you're fighting back a loan that's like 39% interest or something well, like you that, and you're entering in debt. at 20. Yeah, like yeah. I left school with OSAP loans yeah um that were used to for me to go on to mexican vacations with my friends like i funded my friends vacations <laughs> and they had to pay me back off my osap loans but anyway you should have charged them 40 percent interest i charged them zero so zero i was paying interest that's they how smart i was back. that's how smart i was i think did we get charged interest on osap loans I oh yeah know. so i was probably paying interest but i was giving them just like straight lending but uh anyway the the, sharp, the memories in mexico were great but uh leaving um school now with higher debt than mm-hmm. ever and then entering the workforce yeah. with that much debt and then just getting car loans to buy yeah. cars like how do you yeah to buy a house it, it's it's kind yeah. of like a lost dream we'll see that increase for sure because uh, i think I, I don't know if i said this last time we were talking but there's 1.4 million renters now in across canada Oh, I don't think. I, I is it Ontario that. or Canada? Yeah, no, I'm that's got to sure. be that's got to be Ontario. I'm pretty yeah. sure it's Ontario. Yeah, okay. yeah, we'll double check that number, sure. but we'll have our fact checkers check that number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but I'm pretty sure it's 1.4 in Ontario. So that I I believe that yeah. that's the only way it's going to go. So okay, that'll so be good. It's good add, for people who are purchasing properties. This we is just, what I tell everyone: yeah. there's an opportunity in all of this. As oh, sad yeah. as it sounds, like I mean. It, uh, it, it, it's kind of horrible, but as an investor, if you are able to somehow save up enough money to buy a property, yeah. it puts you in a really good position here in Ontario with like 9 million people in the Southern Ontario yeah. Golden Horseshoe area. If you're renting out an, uh, a house, yeah. you're in a spot where the trend is your friend. That's right. Yeah. You know, so. That's uh, catchy, Tom. Yeah. I don't think I made that the one. The trend is yeah, your but, friend. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, um, 
Yeah. I, I, I shake my head at it. Yeah. But what I wanted to... Go ahead. Yeah, the only thing that we need now is for the Landlord-Tenant Board, who rules all of these tenancies, uh, is to catch up on what's happening Okay, so there. tell us. Yeah, you said there's some news going on with the tenant board. What's, yeah, what's the uh, it's been in the news a lot lately. Um, in the past, I'd say probably it's going on to almost a year, but really significant now. Um They've lost a number of adjudicators or they just don't have the number of adjudicators that they need um, to service all of the issues that are being heard at the board. So there's people waiting months to get a hearing for rent arrears. And we all know what that creates. It creates like... um, more loss for the landlord and delays and you know what's happening is um they they haven't fixed the problem so they're actually sending out the hearing packages with no date and so then all of us are calling in and saying hey what the heck this isn't what what we're supposed to be getting here and they haven't they haven't been able to set down dates so it's creating a huge huge delay um, I never thought this is the flip side of more renters yep. where we don't have the social services yep. set up around it to yeah. deal with it. And now we're seeing this. Yeah. I know just before the Christmas break, they lost um, a really significant um, player, a member at the adjudicator board. And a lot of reps had a lot of respect for him because he really, you know, when you go in there, anyone who's in, been in there, they know that it it leans to the tenant like it, it does. They, they're there to um, help you know assist the, the the landlords and to protect the tenants that's what they're there for but there are some really good adjudicators who take the time to hear the matters and consider whether or not there's any prejudice against the landlord based on what's happening you know in that tenancy um they did lose one uh he was really good uh it's kind of a sad story but anyway since then i i it's incredible to understand the volume that he actually managed because he did. He covered, all, like I would see him when I was in the court circuit, um, all over, all the different regions. And I didn't really realize how much he actually managed. But then they lost another one, and and then it's just really snowballed into this. But they huge, can't just, hot, like, I mean, you can't just, they can't just replace them? Like, what, what, what's well, the Well, they need somebody who understands. Um, the Tenant Act. Yeah. And um, what their role and responsibility is um, in adjudicating and sitting in that seat. Someone who understands that if they make a decision, it becomes a precedent. Um, Someone who understands the fairness of the situation. And it's hard to find those people. Um, It's hard to find them. What it really the, is. You mentioned regions. What are the regions, uh, like where are the main tenant boards right now? Like there's one obviously in Hamilton. Burlington, I think, has one. Uh, no? Uh, no? Why do I think Burlington we, has we, one? Because we went Why? to we Burlington. Went to it was in a library. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they like do. You know what? It was over on, uh, it's, you're right. It was. Gone? Yeah, it's really rare. They only okay. have occasional hearings there now. It's like now. you can hear children's stories yeah. in that corner yeah. or yeah, evict you're right. your tenant that over in this while. corner. Yeah, that was in the library. Oh, community, community center. center. Yeah, community center. Yeah, yeah okay. that was it. Okay. Um, Toronto is huge. The Toronto one is huge. The Hamilton one is ridiculously large. Uh, the Brantford one, I think, is held at a Holiday Inn. Okay. The one in Guelph used to be held at um, Brock Road and right near the university, but that was uh, at a Best Western or something like that. I was like, going to say, I thought that was a hotel on. too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like they need to address these issues. They really do. There's a lot. They're not caught up with what's happening out there in, uh, in, in the world right now. Um, and then the other one that's really big is, um, the Mississauga one. 
That's sure. really yeah, big. Yeah, that it. one's actually a, a formal setup. Oh, yeah, they I've have... been to that. But that's by Square One somewhere, Yeah, right? Robert's okay, Back. I've never yeah. been to that one. Yeah, yeah that's Robert's a, Back. That's a true... I've been to the Guelph one. Too. Or is there one in Cambridge? Been to Guelph? I haven't been, been to there. the Cambridge one. There's got to be one out there, too. I haven't yeah. been to that one. I've but been yeah. up there somewhere. I forget. Mm-hmm. And then the outer regions, like the northern ones, which uh, I've recently received a lot of um, volume on up in like the Timmins area, which is odd, but there's a lot of properties being chewed up in in that area. Um, well, mining's gone. They down, do right? those, yeah. They do those mostly by video conference because there's just nobody up there. So that's been interesting. Oh, it's been interesting. And then sure. okay, and then what are you, because everyone's at literally so every. Hold, but hold on, so someone they show what do you mean by video? Like they show up. They go to a location the in Timmins. adjudicators on a screen. And then they just, they, someone's, there, there's a, a setup there for them to do it, and the adjudicator's just on the screen. I just want to know where they yeah, do it. Yeah, sure, do it no problem. With a so link or? a rep or the landlord can attend the hearing by video conference. So the landlord can as well? Yeah, yeah. And the tenant? Just because of the proximity of everything. Okay. Uh, and the tenant um, is, can can attend by video conference or can actually be there because oh. they're in that location. Wow, that's yeah. awesome. So if yeah. the tenant's in their home and you're complaining about yeah. something, you could say, hey, can you just walk your computer yeah. right around your house? I want to I show the adjudicator what we're talking so, about. So, <laughs> yeah, in their defense, that is one way where they're allowing, you know, our reach as people who provide the, the services to assist these landlords to expand. So that's good. That's good that way. I looked it up, um, the National Housing Survey, the, the last one, the, the one that I saw was from 2016. It said 1.4 million uh, renters in Ontario. Okay, perfect. In yeah, Ontario. So they said there should be a more updated one, but it's, you know, 2016? in that range somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So now that cannabis is legal, the number one question we get, I'm going to ask you some Airbnb stuff in a second, but uh, is, you know, what can we do with, can- I think people are freaking out almost for no reason yeah. from what I can tell, but with cannabis, mm-hmm. people are freaking out specifically, I think people who own multi-unit properties. Yeah. Um, and they wanted me to ask you, what can they do to mitigate anything around cannabis? I'm assuming they're talking about the growing of plants. Have you dealt with it? So along with that question, have you dealt with issues in these types of properties with cannabis yet? Um, guys, I deal with a lot of properties. We haven't had any come my way yet. Um, yet. Um, and I think that when, um, you know, when I teach my classes here, I get asked that question all the time. What can we do? And I really think that in order for um, the landlords to stay ahead of what might be happening at their properties now that this is legalized is you need to be at the property. You need to inspect. You need to do like regular inspections so that you're, you know, you you know what's happening. Um, that will help mitigate what might happen because you don't, what you don't want is to not be at a property for like a year and then go in and see that there's been pot plants, you know, being grown there and mold and all that kind of stuff. That's bad. So I really think that if people want to step up and they want to know what they can do, they have to, they have to do the things that are available to them. They have to serve the 24 hour notice and they have to do property inspections. They, they need to Is know there a what's limit going to how, on. How often you can do that? Yeah. You wouldn't want to do it like Yeah, every, I know. Like every <laughs> yeah. It's what? Tuesday. It's I'm like, here. Yeah, Is Sunday it like dinner. Once, once a month or? Um, that's, that's a bit much. Once a quarter. Yeah, I would say once a quarter is fair. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, so it's a fair thing that the yeah. Tenant Act is kind of... Yeah, they okay. haven't really said, but but let's face it. If we, you know, if you cross that line, then it's invading their privacy. 
right? To yeah, a certain no, degree. Yeah. Uh, obviously, if there's issues, you need to get in there, like uh, maintenance issues or things like that. And that might uh, be caused to go more frequently, like if there's leakage or some kind of I think where people issue, are kind of up in arms are, you know, my hydro usage. If people are growing plants and they're using some bulbs and who yeah. knows what they're doing, they're worried that if, they're, if the landlord's paying for hydro, how are they going to kind of recoup that? And I think we've discussed this before. It's next to impossible to kind of track that stuff. Yeah, and they just made some changes um, up to the act about that um i think it's section 134 or section 34 i can't remember i'd have to pull it up but um it's they basically laid down some pretty solid rules about how the landlord can go you know try to look at increasing the rent because the utilities have gone up and is it tough to prove you have yeah, to do year over year comparisons yeah, it's probably really, it's really challenging yeah. yeah okay yeah okay so you have to show year over year hey my hydro for the last two years was this and now it's astronomically different. And yeah. then you have to probably go get a judgment for that to be able to change the rent. Yeah. So it's but they could ju- but they could say, well, we cook more than those guys. Like, yeah, I mean, it's going to be, it's gonna be a tough one to prove. It is I, tough. I think, yeah. yeah, it is tough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So nothing too much on the cannabis front yet. There's no addendums or clauses that anyone is missing. It's just standard stuff. They have to hold the property in good order. They're allowed to live there and do what they want according to the law. Yeah. And we fall under, under the Tenancy Act. Yeah. yeah um, okay. Yeah. I think everyone's looking for like a magical clause to protect themselves. I wish themselves. I had one. If I have one, I definitely will share. Yeah, no, we, we appreciate it. Okay, yeah. so the, the <laughs> other thing I wanted to ask you is with Airbnb kind of taking, I don't know what you're seeing, but we see Airbnb like all over Ontario. Yeah. And someone was asking me, you were kind enough to answer, where did I just put that in? Yeah, you, you gave this great answer because I was asking you, I said, hey, Kelly, where does Airbnb fall? Does it fall under the Tenancy Act here in Ontario or does it not? Because most people don't want it to. Mm-hmm. I think there's benefit that actually it, it would be good if it did. But then you gave this uh, response that I had never seen before. And you said the Residential Tenancy Act does not protect people living in emergency shelters. Makes sense. Hospitals or nursing homes. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Prison. Makes sense. Student <laughs> residents or dormitories. And I don't think you mean student rentals there. It is more like the dormitories. That's right. Kind of in, place. The, in the university yeah, housing. Yeah, in the university. Temporary or seasonal use units. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the Airbnb one. Yeah. Um, and then the last one is units that sh- share units that share a kitchen or bathroom with the landlord or a member of their immediate family. Yeah. So that's somebody living directly in the house that's with right. the landlord. Tenancy Act does not apply there. That's right. So the temporary one that I listed off there is where you're saying Airbnb, it's temporary. So it probably doesn't apply to Airbnb rentals. Like hotels and cottages and And things like that. But if somebody was in Airbnb for Um, three months. Yeah. And I think, did I put in there? You said there. Yeah. But I guess there's no ruling on that. That's something that, you know. It would have to be decided. um, You would have to file an A1 application to see whether or not the board would um, consider it to be, to fall under the Residential Tenancies Act. And then you would be, you would know your direction after See, that. I think it's almost better if Airbnb stuff fell under the Tenancy Act, because then I have a process to evict somebody, but you're think because let's say someone is renting out Airbnb for a week mm-hmm. and I don't know, it's some crazy person. They don't leave. Yeah. Now what? I go to the police. I'm like, hey, it's somebody- trespassing right now. So yeah. now it's trespassing. But did the police know that it's trespassing? Because my feeling Great is question. whenever I've called the police before, because Nick and I have called the police. <laughs> well, and to to look into to ask yeah, about yeah, specific yeah, we're like yeah, hypothetical. hypothetical. You should get them on a podcast. Yeah, I know, I know, we should. We've called and said we have a hypothetical situation. <laughs> Can you just answer this? And we called the different divisions. The community but, service guy, yeah. or did you just call? We just like, called the division. Yeah. No, 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 we didn't no, call nine one one. Smarter than that. Yeah, right? we didn't call nine one one, but we just called the police station. And we're like, let's say we have a rental property, and <laughs> this is happening. Yeah. And the the answer from them was like, hey, look, we can't 
evict we need a we need a like a court order yep. to go and take some action and there. It, yeah it's not really a police officer it's a court enforcement officer that would do the eviction anyway so uh, here's what we were asking I, I don't know if you've heard or have familiarity with these or not but um because someone came to us and said hey you know i don't use a i don't use a lease agreement i use an occupancy agreement and with an occupancy agreement then you don't you don't it doesn't fall under the landlord tenant board so then i can get rid of the person without having to deal with landlord tenant board so and then and we're like oh, okay let's see if this is true or not and then we're like well how are you gonna get rid of the person he's like oh well i, I don't really know so call the police oh, is that what he said yeah. that's yeah. how we call the police and the police are like look to your point without a court order we're not it falls under yeah. the tenancy yeah. act that's right unless they're trespassing right and that's different yeah, yeah. okay okay yeah. but you think on an airbnb the police would say okay they're trespassing because this is a temporary thing my feeling is that uh, the police would, if someone was living there, mm-hmm. the police would say, oh, you know what? This is someone's house, it's residence. It's not their jurisdiction. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to need some instruction here. Mm-hmm. And then they back off and you're going to end up having to go to court. That's my feeling. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, I think it would depend on the circumstances and also how knowledgeable the, the officer that is there or how far out he wants to go to get involved in something that, you know. You might have to sure. educate the actual officer. Does the answer that you gave me is that on the tenancy act somewhere? Yeah, that, yeah that's part yeah, of it. I that's it right it. Out okay. Of there. Yeah. So if someone printed that off yep. and said, "Hey, I have an Airbnb. It's clearly a temporary use, just like a hotel. So they're they're trespassing now. It's because here's my little agreement with them, and they're supposed to be gone on Tuesday." Yeah. Okay, so that could work. Yeah. I just always like. I'm not against the tenant. Like I like the landlord tenant board because I like the process. Like mm-hmm. I like there's an N four if they're paying haven't paid rent. I like the L one. Yeah. Like, I understand there's delays now and stuff, but there I, is. But I appreciate that it's well laid out. Yeah, but I still, even though there's delays, if you don't use those tools that are available to you, you're just creating an additional delay. So regardless of the delays, there will be an end to it at some point. But if you never start the process and use those forms that are available, then it's there. It's open ended. Okay, you were saying you were kind of uh, we were talking earlier, and you were saying how some. Um, landlords you deal with some that have been with Rockstar maybe some even others but you're saying hey they really kind of are trying to do good by tenants they're trying oh, yeah. to help people and they're trying to do the right thing but so much so that it's working against them sometimes yeah um, yeah what I was saying was I've really noticed that um, there's a, a large number of new landlords um, that are are so enthusiastic about you know taking on this new chapter and you know being the best landlord and that's so good it's really nice to see and there's a lot of really um appreciative tenants out there that i hope are able to connect with those types of landlords because then you don't see any problems and i know that's like not business for me but at the end of the day my whole um purpose is to right the wrong and if you can salvage the tenancy then great because that's all anybody wants um but what i see is that Sometimes um, when they're going above and beyond, like, you know, they all knew appliances because they didn't like what they saw when they saw the unit. Or we changed the paint even though we just painted it because they wanted it this color or, you know, um, things like that. It's so good. It is because what they're trying to show the tenant is that they appreciate them and they want them to enjoy their home while they're staying there. Right. Um, But it sometimes what I see is it kind of sets an expectation, even though they don't do it for an expectation. It sets an expectation where if there's a problem because they've done all of these things um, that they assume that it's going to get worked out with the tenant and they're really let down when it doesn't. So you find yourself coaching them on yeah, treating because this more like a business than 
being yeah and there's nothing wrong with what they're doing I think it's just that they always have to keep in mind that if they're doing those things it is a business Um, if I take my car to the car wash and they go you know way over and they wax it and it looks fantastic that's awesome but if they put a scratch in it like you know I didn't ask you to wax it if you put a scratch in it, you're still responsible for what's happened here. And so I think if they if they want to still do that, it's great. It really is because there are a lot of really good renters out there. Um, but I think they just need to understand that they haven't done anything wrong by doing those things. You know, not to let it jade what they're doing um, and just understand that it's part of the it's it's a business. It's part of the business. Sometimes you have really appreciative customers and sometimes you have those that you just can't please that's all it's hilarious to me what you're saying is, is rings so true i mean there are these these landlords uh, you know fortunately or unfortunately they're not scorned yet so you know nick and i started and i remember when we were one of our first rental properties i remember the landlord would i mean the tenants would say anything and i would just kind of act mm-hmm. right and i've kind of learned when you set that expectation unfortunately it works against you because Sometimes, then at the yeah. littlest issue that goes on with the property they think it's a big issue and that you should be taking care of it and if you don't take care of it they're not going to pay rent and like, you know, or they, they start quoting the residential tenancies yeah, act and yeah. they make them feel like they've done something wrong. And in most cases they haven't, they've done more than what they need to. And that's okay. Right. It is. But they just have to understand that if something breaks down, it doesn't matter what they've done. It's always going to default to the process of what you have to do to re- to rectify the situation. So where's this coming from? You find yourself working with newer la- uh, landlords and kind of coaching them to be more stern with the tenants? Not really stern. Okay. Just I think it's really just understanding um, when you're coming into this whole new thing in your in your life and, and you know, um, you don't really you haven't really seen what can happen um it's just it's just really making them understand that what they've done isn't wrong it's great it's a great way to be and don't let the some bad apple change the way you want to run your properties but just know that um there's you know there's solutions out there and it's you can carry on like just carry on yeah got it it's um, not going to be the end of you yeah it's not the end and, and you know sometimes I see them say yeah yeah it's fine or, or other times I see them say well that's it I'm not doing this anymore and I don't like I don't for me, I see so much and a lot of some of the problems that come to me in their mind, it's so big because they've never had anything yeah. like this happen to them before, but it can be fixed. They all can be fixed. It's just a matter of time and the process. And that's that's really all. Yeah. yeah. It's so it's so funny once you're in this business for a while and an investor will come up to, to Nick and I and they're, and they're like, well, we're so happy we found Rockstar. We need some help. Like, you're not going to believe what's happened to us with our rental properties. We have a tenant who hasn't paid us for two months mm. you know and i'm just looking at them like that this is your 10 out of 10 problem you know you haven't been around you haven't seen it that's that's nothing you know there's a form you just need way, to fill out that's yeah, it. yeah it could get way worse but than that again honestly um if that's the case though then you say to them did you serve the n4 and when they say no, no i know like, your heart sinks oh and because you're looking at no two more months and and they usually say no because they're buying into any excuse yes. if they're a new landlord yeah. it's like the tenant says anything and the landlord it's like, oh my gosh, let's try and yeah. help you out. We'll get next yeah. month's rent next, or this month's rent next month. Yeah. But the next month comes, comes same problem yeah. happens and they're just behind. Yeah. And when I teach the classes again, I always say to them, you know, if you tell them upfront what your policies are about certain things and rent um, um, L- arrears, rent. yeah, late rent payments is one of them. 
um, they know ahead of time if they don't pay the rent, they're still going to get the notice. Whatever excuse it is, they still it's their policy to serve that end for regardless. And I find that when you tell them up front, it helps. They know it's coming. We're going to be like, great, we're going to get this notice. But still, it leaves the landlord in control. And I just have to continue coaching them to use the tools that are available. Yeah, and if you're listening to this, the N4 notice is the notice for uh, rent arrears. It basically right. gives them 14 days to true up. And then yep. after that, you can file an L1, which will get you a date at the tenant board at some point. Look at him. We, wow. we don't know. Well, yeah. it's been 10 years. Yeah, I mean, we actually figured it out. <laughs> so, we Tom, kind of figured can this I out. ask you? Yeah. Um, okay. So, you know what? It's funny. You're touching on a big point that I, I was going to say. I, I'm so, I, like a strong believer that communication can fix so much. Yeah. And instead of running from these problems... Right. And it's because some people don't want to deal with the tenant. Like the, the issue yep. comes up, they don't know what to do. They'll call someone like you instead of even calling the tenant yep. and trying to get more information because they don't have this, the, the full picture. One of the things that we found to be effective is whenever I meet with a tenant to sign a lease, I will always outline, t- to your point, exactly how things are, are handled. So I'll explain to them, like, hey, if it's a minor issue, here's the re- what the response time yep. is going to be. Uh, and then I explain also, look, if it's if it's like the furnace isn't working, it's the middle of winter, that's like an emergency. Let me know. I'm going to jump on it right away. Um, I had an electrical fire at my one of my properties a oh, few yeah. weeks ago. Yeah, it could have been really bad, wow. actually. The, uh, the dryer plug... Um, just ended up starting to smoke and went on fire. It wow. just got defective over time. The, yeah, the electrician's like, everything's fine. It's just this plug was defective. So luckily they were home. So that's something obviously that like they were worried for safety and stuff. Yeah. So like we jumped on that. That becomes urgent, right? Yep. Um, and same with uh, same with rent arrears. One thing that I tell them, I'm like, guys, look, for me, it's a, it's about communication. So if if you don't have your rent on time mm-hmm. and then I don't hear from you, I'm just, I'm going to naturally assume the worst mm-hmm. and that's how I'm going to proceed. So you got to keep me in the loop. Yeah. You got to let me, and I'll do the same thing with like, hey, just so you know, here's the process. This thing still gets filed and stuff. Yeah. And I tell them, like, I try to soften it to them. I'm like, you, don't mm-hmm. worry about it. It gives you two weeks. Like every, I know you're going to pay your rent. So everything's going to be fine. I don't make it seem like a big deal. Yeah. But, um, but for me, if they, if they go silent on me, I'm, I, so I give them a heads up that like, that's like the worst thing you can do. Mm-hmm. So and then every time like if, if there is late rent and they've given me the heads up to let me know what's going on once I collect it whether it's a week late or whatever the case may be I'm like hey guys just so you know you know thanks for keeping me in the loop that's a really big deal too I like remind them that they still got to communicate with me because mm-hmm. as long as I know what's going on I'm kind of I'm, I'm more okay with it well, yeah. once they go silent you're just like what the hell's where are these yep. people are they in the country who knows what the hell's going on yeah and that's great that that works a lot of times people say you know uh, it's going to be three days late and then it's five days later and oh yeah you know, then it's two weeks then it's oh no so sorry so i i do that and f- oh you're with, still with, serving with, the with, n4 sure you gotta oh, serve okay the form. yeah right. and maybe we can just briefly touch on the n4 because i know you know you guys have seen so many of them and i see so many of them and it seems like it's such a simple document but it is the most crucial document in the whole process of um trying to recover any kind of rent arrears and there are so many times when it's not prepared properly um and it's it gets to the you know the either the filing of the hearing or the hearing stage and everything is dismissed because of an error on the N4. That is how crucial it is to have that document served properly. And when I see N4s where it has the landlord's name, the tenant's name, the unit, or the address of the property, but no unit, if you get to a hearing because 
all that looked okay when you're filing online, but then you say, well, it's actually unit 11. You cannot get an order for an eviction because a sheriff won't just go to a property if they don't have an order for that actual unit. The unit has to be included. If it's upper, if it's lower, if it's one, two, three, or four, it has to be in there. Otherwise, you are going to be dismissed and you're already two months into the waiting game you know, um, when you've tried to get your hearing. We've learned that the hard way by putting just like the incorrect date. Cause you know, you have to yeah. give so many days for servicing of yep. the N4 if you put it in just That's regular right. mail and stuff like that. Yeah. So that kind of stuff. So, but there is that guide that goes with it. So you just really have to be super anal. Yep. You know where people I think are messing up right now? And this is something I wanted to ask you in the new Ontario standard lease agreement. Mm -hmm. You know how it says, um, the tenant and the landlord, there's a part of it that electronic communication is mm -hmm. like allowed or, yeah. you know, it's okay. Yep. Some people are interpreting that to mean that they can serve N4s through email. Yeah. That's not the case. No, um, because no matter what is in the lease agreement, everything defaults, as we always say, everything defaults back to the Residential Tenancies so Act. So even in the, in the Ontario standard lease... Like the, the the fact that they put that there is messing up so many people. Yeah, and I've I've added that into every discussion that I have with every landlord um, because there are service requirements on that on those documents that have to be followed. So when some when it's on the Ontario standard lease when it says you can communicate electronically, it just means to communicate about yeah. random other things, but any of the official documents mm -hmm. have to go through yeah. just the way they were. Okay. Yeah. And there's something else I want to ask you, you know, about like kind of vague situations. So for example, we have one, um, it's an investor that um, got a call from a tenant saying the basement's too cold. So it's a legal basement. They pay utilities for it. Um, the landlord, it's a brand new furnace. Mm -hmm. uh, the landlord has offered to pay for space heaters if they, okay. think, you know, but I guess because the tenant pays for utilities, they're not, um, they're not wanting to plug in those space heaters because mm. it's going to take more electricity. And they're starting to complain that the coldness of the basement is infringing on their enjoyment of the property. And so what does someone, you know, what is when someone makes a statement like that, mm -hmm. brand new furnace, they kind of, the house is in good order. Mm -hmm. It's just maybe a little colder because it's a basement. Mm -hmm. What? How do you handle that kind of situation? Because you know so, where this is headed. If they start speaking that kind of language, I'm like, here we go. Yeah. So the first question I was I would ask is, do they have any kind of temperature gauge down there so they can see what the actual temperature is? Because there's a range of what um, the the temperature must be during certain months of the year, and I think the minimum. This is going back because sure, I haven't really looked into this kind of matter in a while, but I think it's 70. I think it has to be at 70 degrees. Um, so I would first check into that. Secondly, um, if they're saying that the space heaters will increase the utilities, how do you know how much, right? So let's do a period of time and see what it looks like. Good point. Okay, so just like the landlord would have to prove it for marijuana, yeah. in reverse, you can say, hey, let's run them for this year. Yeah. We'll compare them to utilities last year yeah. and see what we're dealing with here. Yeah, I would start there. Yeah, okay. So yeah. when someone's making a claim, you have to kind of get it to the point where you can measure it in some way, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, what about another one? Someone has an N9. So an N9 is... Um, they're agreeing to move out. Right. right. Tenants agreeing uh, to move out. It's the tenant's notice to terminate the so tenancy. Termi okay. So the yeah. tenant is saying, I'm moving out on this date. Here's mm -hmm. the actual form. It's an N9 form. Yeah. What happens? So the question I got is, what happens if they don't move out? Because the, the investor or the landlord might have a new um, tenant trying to move in. Mm -hmm. What happens? And can you go to the sheriff with an N9? No. You have to go to the tenant board. Mm-hmm. 
But um, if I'm not mistaken, I think after the tenant gives you notice, that particular notice, um, that there are steps that you can take right after you've been served with that notice to get an order ahead of of okay. when they vacate. So you already have so it in So you can jump hand. the line a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So if you have an N9, yeah. if tenants agreeing to move out and they don't, don't have someone else ready to move in, you really need to make sure they've moved out. Yeah. Yeesh. It's the same as when um, they sign the... Um, I think it's the N11, yeah, uh, where they it's an agreement to end the tenancy. So the landlord and tenant um, have agreed that the tenancy will end on X date. Um, you still need to file that with the board to get an order for that specific reason. Because there have been circumstances where they have, you know, family member moving in or um, someone has purchased the property and it, it had to be vacated or things like that um, for personal use and the tenant's still in there. And... What it does is create a big delay situation where then you're filing it to get an order at the board. And then for someone who has but, never gone to the sheriff. Although when you file yeah, that, sure. there's no, like it's, it's just, you basically, I, I, I know there's, it can be extenuating circumstances to anything, mm -hmm. but for the most part, the agreement's there, it's signed by everyone. Mm -hmm. You're just, you basically, you have to get, you get the date. So you have to file it, you wait for a date, a couple of weeks, and then, the, and then you get the order to, for the, yeah, the court it's, officer. It's crossing your T and dotting yeah, your I. Okay. It really is because then you know that you can take that to the sheriff and you're still you were just going to say about the process with the sheriff. Um, it's not automatic. You take it to the court enforcement office, the order for um, the termination, and they schedule a date and time that they're available. And there's a lot of these things going on. So they're really good, but it could be a couple of weeks. Okay. Yeah, depending on the time of year. I know they've been backlogged before. One thing that I used to do for student property, so renting out a house to yeah. a group of students and you know okay we'll, what are you we'll about talk, to say we'll now? talk you're openly about, here you're, you're, you're <laughs> smiling to well, yourself because you, you know what because i, we, I <laughs> yeah, didn't i'm intrigued do well i'm curious of how wrong i did things because i know i didn't do it oh, right so right. let's face it, it was but pretty you know bad. what it was a good but I, it worked out because what happened is in the past it's never happened to us yet but in the past some people had the way the students work is often they're finding properties in January for May, mm -hmm. right? So you're asking the tenants in there in December, you're like, hey, are you planning to stay for next year? And most often it's not a problem, but I have some, uh, there's a couple friends that I have that ran into to, uh, a problem one year where a tenant's like, classic well, not I, you, it was the friends I'm you had not that really, did this. No, well, the yeah, I mean, friend yeah, in quotes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm <laughs> asking for my friend. <laughs> so you would okay, have, so you would have heard if it was one of our properties because I'd be bitching and complaining about it the whole time. So, um, so they had, they had a, a property that wouldn't, uh, the tenants, he's like, you know what? I don't need to let you know. I'm just going to decide after, which kind of sucks mm -hmm. because when you're trying to refill the property, you don't know how many rooms, right? So it makes it, it, it creates a problem. This was a number of years ago. So what I started doing is when I was signing the, the tenants to the lease, mm -hmm. I would be like, and I didn't make it mandatory that they sign this at, for the lease, but I said, Hey guys, it's a one year lease. You guys probably don't know what you're doing yet. So what, what we'll do is we'll just sign this now. If you guys are comfortable with it mm -hmm. and just stating that you agree that it's a one-year lease and at the end you guys are moving out and then if we extend it we'll just sign a new lease and um so i did that and mm. you know because i wanted something to be clear so that we didn't put myself in the same situation mm -hmm. if i went to the landlord tenant board with that that signed at the time of the lease but the lease wasn't it wasn't a requirement of signing the lease mm -hmm. i would have been thrown right out or i stood a chance you think i don't know are they signing an actual agreement to end the tenancy at the end of the term yeah it was just something that i it was like a one pager that i just put together saying we you know all parties agree i, I did my best lawyer impression and made it sound fancy that's interesting um i think that you probably if you 
you might have had a better chance if you use the actual form that okay. you're supposed to use because they're really sticklers about that. But I, I like where you were going with that. Yeah, um, so we could have just used an N9. I know. I just want to make it scary to them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The yeah. N9 so. is the tenant's notice, right? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, but yeah, it's, yeah. if you're signing the agreement to end the tenancy, the N11, N11, okay. then that can be filed at any time. Yeah, because yeah, so. I was signing it when I was signing the lease. Wow, and because I looked into him. it and they said, there, what, I, what, I, what I thought I read was like, you can't make it a requirement of the lease for them to sign that at the time you sign the lease. But if they're up for it, it didn't seem to. Anyways, so hmm. that's my little that, that's my little trick. Yeah. We don't mess around. Oh, when it comes to, you're, you're dealing with professionals. Good. When it comes to trying to work the system, my yeah, heart. Yeah, he's good. You should have seen me in high school, man. Yeah. When I try, when I needed like <laughs> sick days and late slips in high school. Oh yeah. Here's another one I'm, I'm asked: Is um, accepting? Is there ever a time where you don't want to accept partial rent payments? Because some people are concerned if they accept partial rent payments, that will be considered to be the new rental amount. So are there situations where, you know, someone's not paying rent, they give you a bit of it and you're like, nope, it's all or nothing or no? No, you should always take what they give you because at the end of the day, what you're trying to do is mitigate your losses. Um, are we, we're assuming that a rent amount has been established and yeah, this is a, a one-off lease. thing. Yeah, this isn't like they're giving me $400. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but they're not giving me $400 every month uh, when the rent is really 600 and I'm not doing anything about it because you can enter into those circumstances where you've established that's the rent but we're assuming that there's a higher rent amount right yep in a written lease yep so it's a partial payment okay yeah so there's no fear there no well, you should take the rent yeah that's how we if someone's going to give you money take you put money. out your hand and you take the money um take what it. what happens when um how long does it take to establish a new rent like you just described like if it's you know six hundred dollars and you're accepting four hundred dollars we're Depends using really low examples here. Yeah. But, but six, but anyway. Oh, I know. I just threw four, a number out. Okay. So that's for the doghouse in the back. Yeah. $400. <laughs> um, 400 okay. That was a bad a, number. A month. Um, how long does it take? Is it just like up to the adjudicator? So like if yeah. you accepted it for six months, that's quite some time. The adjudicator might say, hey, that's normal rent now. Yeah. Okay. It would be uh, dependent on the circumstances and the discretion of the adjudicator. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then one thing that I always tell people, and I never know how out to lunch I am on this comment. Yeah. Um, I say, everyone asks about the le like the lease and they want to put addendums to the lease and they want to have their lease, like yeah. say everything. I'm like, you yeah, know, that's all fantastic. However, what you have to understand is we're all governed by the Tenancy Act here in Ontario. Mm -hmm. So even if you don't even have a lease and somebody moves in and you exchange money, in exchange for keys to a property, mm -hmm. you're now governed by the Tenancy Act and we're going to, you're not going to be able to like evict them based on nothing because you have no lease. You have to go through the same process. Mm -hmm. Am I way off with that? No, uh, you're not. They have to. So just to be clear, is it like, are you, do you want to know about the, the additional things they're adding to the lease or do you want to, like, that they have no lease at yeah, all? Tom, what's your question? No, Can my, you be more clear Yeah, because if you're my saying if there's is no is lease Sometimes I get frustrated yeah. with, like, the lease, the, and now the Ontario Standard Lease Agreement because I'm like, does it really matter what we even put in these? Well, people, are, people get so hung up over, like, oh, well, you should really put this clause in because it makes such a difference, right? Yeah. yeah. And I think, is that where you're coming from? Well, I'm coming from more I the point see. it doesn't matter. I'm coming from the point it doesn't matter how creative and good I get at adding things to exactly, the lease. Exactly, yeah. It's all going to be thrown out anyway because of the tenant board, I'm falling under the Tenancy Act. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. I put a clause in there saying the tenant must shovel the walkway or the sidewalk yeah, no. because under the Tenancy Act, they're not That's responsible right. for it. So who cares that I had that clause in there? Yeah, lease? they shouldn't get hung up on it. There are certain things that do have to go in there. Like I think someone came to me and they have a pool. 
and I think that there there needs to be some you know additional comments made in there about the fence having to be closed and because it's safety and insurance concerns and all that kind of stuff um, but this, the other things like as you said that are covered like clear black and white under the Residential Tenancies Act even if they put anything contrary um, it, it's it's not going to it's not yeah, that's support. where I think p- some people are coming from, like that I can get, if I get them to agree to mm-hmm. something that might be contrary to the Tenancy Act, they're going to have to abide by it, where that's not really the case. No. Yeah. 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 Okay. You're right. You're I right just, on that. I just sent over, so this wasn't for a friend, mm-hmm. but I own this property <laughs> with a friend. Um, so The same friend? The uh, <laughs> Actually, yeah. It is. It is, is the it same really? person, yeah. So, interesting person. Who is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now I know who he's talking about. I only person. have one friend. So, <laughs> I said, um, so it was uh, just a couple months ago. I sent over a lease, not even thinking. It was it was a student property again. Uh-huh. They were staying in the property. So I just took the lease from last year. I was like, oh yeah, I got to send them over this lease. Changed it, put their names in, you know, all that type mm-hmm. of thing, and sent it over to them. And then I got it back. They signed it, and I'm like, oh damn i totally forgot that there's a new <laughs> there's the new, the new lease. lease yeah so i put i just and i haven't i'm not going to circle back i'm not going to worry about it i guess i have to worry about it if i have to evict them or something like that right so it's a risk i've taken but outside yeah, of that risk. outside of that it's just basically to tom's point i'm just still covered under the landlord tenancy act yeah but um if if you do and i'm sorry no it's not best practice yeah yeah absolutely. it's not best practice. It's, it's a bad thing because i can go there he's like hey you're stupid Why'd you use this form? <laughs> you should know better. Go now. It's tough luck, yeah. and you got to use a proper form. I know. I totally get it. Yeah. I'm just not. Uh, I just through the history with these the people and yeah. this property, I'm actually not really concerned about it. So it's a r- risk I'm allowed to take out of my on my list of stuff to do. That to get that lease resigned is pretty low right now. Yeah. So that's that's where I'm looking at it. But yeah, but they yeah. So when the new lease came out, they did say that all tenancies have to. Yeah. So that's that my, but that's my risk. Yep. Essentially, my risk is when I go to the landlord tenant board um, for yep. anything or just for non-payment of rent. No, for anything. For anything. Okay, so it's a pretty. But big what's risk. even your risk? Because like they're going to fall under the tenancy act. No, which is because yeah, they but can throw they're, it out. they're actually being pretty strict about everyone using the new lease because that's the only way to get everyone on board. Um, no, and it makes sense. But yeah. I mean, what's the risk to that they, throw, uh, they can they implement a fine if they want. Oh, they really? have the power it. to implement okay. a fine. Okay. But yeah. then they won't. Well, I just thought it would get thrown out. So like, let's say nope. these people stop paying. Not necessarily. They could implement a fine. Oh, mm. how big is the fine? Depends. Their discretion. Nice. If I'm nice to the guy, does it matter? Yeah, it'll help. <laughs> You're really going to have to put that. What, did put you that ask me how much the fine so you could figure out if it was worth your yeah, time? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I see how your mind is working. I can actually see oh, it. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, I'm like, great. oh, 200 I went bucks through on, a, on another <laughs> property. I recently went through the Ontario new Ontario Standard Lease Agreement, and it's not that bad. It's actually pretty kind of straightforward. I just don't like that electronic messaging thing. I think most landlords are going to miss yeah. that, and it's going to screw them up on the end for Yeah, it's really uh, vague, and it's, it's okay, causing so some issues i just want to be clear on cannabis here um is there anything that uh, someone can put in to mitigate usage or growing of plants in a house uh no smoking on the property could help yeah um but it's no, not a for sure it depends on how they're going to rule and so these no smoking things. of any sort on the property can help but even if they decide smoking i mean that's just human rights in canada no you're allowed to well, start. impact yeah. someone else though yeah, right? that's it, right. If it impacts someone else, but or if it's causing damage, right? Because there's if there's five people living in the house that are heavy smokers, oh you will God. see the damage. I've seen it. It's nasty. It's like dripping yellow. Yeah, yeah. Gross. Nick spot houses like that. Yeah, yeah. one, yeah. one. Yeah. with yeah, a friend okay. with tar on the windows. <laughs> the but, one friend. But, um, yeah. but okay, so um, 
Okay, so you can say no smoking, but if it's a single family home, no tenant upstairs, downstairs, you know, it's just a single family home. I still put the no smoking in. You can still put no smoking. Put it in. And, but then if they start smoking. You're going to, again, you're going to know because you're going to mitigate your losses by doing property inspections on a quarterly basis. And then you're going to be ahead of it. And then you're going to say, you know, it's in contrary to the terms of the lease agreement and see where it goes. Like it depends. Okay, so then you at least have a chance. But they could come back and say, well, tough. Right, like because I'm allowed to, provided that the second tenant in this particular property, because we're talking about a two tenant property, mm-hmm. is is not complaining. Or, you know, they're like, oh, yeah. I'm fine with it. Then you, they, yeah. if they like, well, down to it's kind of like saying no pets. No, yeah, and you can't they, say that. I know. Um, the only way that you can um, have any recourse over someone having pets in the unit is if it's causing damage, and then you're not really addressing the pet. You're addressing the damage that the pet has caused, and it has to be rectified. So you, uh, but you still can't allergies. allergies? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you can't say no. Disturbing pets. the reasonable enjoyment. Yeah. yeah. Disturbing but, reasonable yeah. enjoyment could be a reason not to have it if someone has an allergy. If you yeah. have an ups, if you have a duplex and someone next door. Yeah, it's pretty extreme for them to say you have to get rid of that pet because yeah. of an allergy. So that that would be a long one. But that what would about be if they're moving in before they move in? Mm-hmm. I say, hey, look, I'm gonna have a situation here. This person's clearly that's has what a, I've, that's a what son I've used or daughter before. that's allergic to cats. Yeah. And we can't have the cat in there because of this person. Tricky one. I'd have to pull like precedent cases oh, really? to see what that yeah. looks okay. like. Yeah. Okay. So if you can't. But get it's worth a shot. Yeah. yeah. No, it's worth when a shot. Oh, with yeah. the conversation with no, the tenant, you, you okay. tell them and then you so figure the it out. So the smoking's worth a shot too. I oh, just yeah. thought the smoking was exactly like pets. Like you, because you, can you advertise no smoking? Um, I, you know, um, I would say sure. Advertise no smoking. Take. You know, put it in your lease, see what happens. It's a shot. It's like you set out that from the beginning, from the onset. They knew when they came in, you know, here's they've, con- you know, they've acted in contrary to the terms of the lease. And at least you have something. Yeah. If you have nothing and then say, I don't want them smoking, you think you'll be you further ahead. To fall on. Yeah. Okay. So basically what I'm hearing is maybe in six months, we're going to have some precedent <laughs> sent around this. Yeah. Right. Because then you'll be able yeah. to come and you've been to the dealing with yeah. the tenant board and the tenancy act around this point. Mm-hmm. But right now it's better to put it in than not put it in. Yeah. If you don't want sure. smoking. That's what I tell everybody. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Kelly, how do people find you? Uh, you can find me by my email address. I cannot believe you're giving out your email address. Oh yeah. Go for it. It's K Hawks, H A W K E S at Veranova.ca and Veranova is spelled V E R A N O V A. And it's veranova.com for the website too as well. Is it .com? Yeah. No, you're probably right. Let me check. Hold on. Oh, probably. Check. Yeah, you can check out the website. They have this. Is your is your email? There's a bio there and some picture from, yeah. Is your email .ca or .com? It'll .ca. Okay, you're right. It's .ca. So yeah, veranova.ca is, is the yeah. website and it's khawks at veranova.ca. Yeah. And hawks is H-A-W-K-E-S. That's right. Kelly, thank you for this. We'll bring you on yeah, in a few thanks. months. Nick, anything else? No, we're, we're good. good. Thanks, All right. Kelly. Thanks, thanks very Kelly. much, guys. Hey, everyone. It's Tom Kradza. So as you as you just heard, Kelly is a great lady. We're so fortunate she teaches a class here um, at Rockstar for Rockstar members. She does that regularly. So for, we are forever grateful for that. Um, she has also spoken at our past Your Life, Your Terms events. So that's the type of person that we're bringing out to share information. If you are listening to this and you want to check out our event on February 2nd, you can go to Your Life, Your Terms 
dot, sorry, yourlifeyourtermsevent.com to check out all the details. It's Saturday, February 2nd at a banquet hall in Mississauga. I think it's the Versailles Banquet Hall or Banquet Center. It's all on that site, um, yourlifeyourtermsevent.com. Look, we're doing all of this to try to help us live life on our terms. That includes myself and Nick, but everyone we work with, this is our whole purpose and goal to try to share information that we can all leverage to help us live life on our terms. So hopefully you're taking some value from this. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it. If you have any feedback for us, you can always send it to podcast at rockstarinnercircle.com. Till next time, your life, your terms.